Hey everyone, and welcome back to episode two. It's Adila and Ben. Thanks for joining us again. Today, we'll be discussing our undergraduate experience and our transition to postgraduate studies. And at the end of today's episode, we'll be going back in time to give our younger, more fresh-faced versions of ourselves some valuable feedback for our very first day at uni. Hey Ben, that cool new intro you just heard that was made especially for our podcast by a good friend and this is a local Perth band called Teen Angst. So you guys should definitely check them out. They are doing some really good things in this Perth local music scene. So thank you Teen Angst. We'll be using that from now on and we'll tag them on our Instagram post. You can listen more of their music on SoundCloud and you can also follow them on Instagram at Teen Angst. Thank you, Teen Angst, for that fresh, funky new beat. To today's episode, we're really going to be focusing on that transition from undergrad to postgrad. So, Ben, what was your undergraduate like? Oh, in which degree are we talking about here? Oh, I forgot you did that random geophysics one (laughs) for a year. Um, We could talk about both if you like. So, you know, like what were the classes like? What was the general setup? Um, They were actually kind of similar but then different at the same time like in, in various aspects, of course. So, like, geophysics, I felt like, because we were a smaller cohort going through the degree, um, everyone got to know each other a lot quicker. Like, straight off the bat, we were kind of, I always say forced to be friends, but we were put in the same room and made to get along. So, in that first year, we gained, we became quite close. How many people would you say was in the cohort? 30. You? Only 30 yeah. doing that degree. Yeah, from, from the start, I think... Um, I kept in touch with them for like two years after that, but I think in the third year, it was a three-year degree, in the final year, there was only about 10 or 12 people in that year. Wow. So everyone was pretty good friends by then, or yeah. at least very familiar You would hope so. That's yeah. actually a good thing about having those smaller cohort degrees. You kind of just get into it from like first year. Yeah, 100%. Did you find that experience was the same for Molgen? No way. There was like 300. No, no. 300 was the size of one of the um, classes, but it was made up of different degree disciplines within so maybe mm. it was like 100 in the first year but it, that number quickly dropped as years went on oh yeah molecular um, genetics and biotechnology i think a lot of people might have <laughs> not found that to be their taste towards the end no definitely and it didn't really the first year did not give a good taste of what the degree was all about but yeah what, what about you what was your undergrad in and how did you find that Yeah, so I think I was only doing mining for six months, so I'm not going to go into that. But um, (laughs) in terms of like human bio, I think human biology and your degree, Ben, the mold gen, they're kind of in the same sort of boat, kind of. Within the same faculty, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of those very similar kind of um, degrees. And I think we share like an interprofessional first year. So what that essentially means is in first year, you would have lots of students sort of overlapping very similar first year units um, and meeting lots of students doing other disciplines until maybe second and third year when it it got more... um, More specialised. Yeah, and you start seeing the same people every day more in second and third year, which was definitely my case as well. Um, But yeah, my degree, as the name suggests, is very like anatomy, physiology focused, how the body works. Um, We did really interesting units like 
neuroscience, we did pathophysiology when things go wrong and a lot of wet labs, anatomy labs. Um, we had an evolution unit as well, which I didn't think I would like, but I like loved it so much. Okay. And, you know, a lot of physiology, so how things inside the body work. <laughs> yeah, I guess like you don't, you don't have a – you have probably an idea of what, you, what to expect when you go into it, but how you feel, you're probably yeah. most excited for a unit you didn't find – yeah, like typically, it's crazy because you think you know about the human body, but there's always something new, something more to learn. Like it just, this it's crazy how perfectly functioning we are and, you know, when things go wrong, they can go very wrong. So I think I find that really interesting. Definitely. Yeah. Did you find that you had um, like a 50-50 balance between like your lecture and tutorials to like labs, your wet labs? Yeah, so definitely a lot of practicals, but of course you kind of have to do a lot of theory as well like how this part works and then kind of have a look at, you know, what that particular muscle was in the lab and things like that. Um, what about you? What were some of the units that you did for molecular genetics? Um, I struggle to remember the names of them. Like they're all like variations with the word genetics in them. I remember looking at the degree structure. I think it was in my second year when I was sort of getting my first taste for it and it was really exciting, actually, because I saw in my third year, it was a unit called genetic engineering. Ooh, is that where you, like, clone things? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. It sounds way cooler than it was. Actually, it wasn't bad. It was by far one of the most interesting units, at least for me. It was, um, we as a class, I think there was 30 of us in our final year, and we were, we were each given different DNA samples, and we were had to identify the mutation and all of us had different mutation in this DNA strand like sample and um, it was quite frustrating actually because there was something wrong with one of the, um, one of the components of the kit that I was given so was it the kit or was it you no, <laughs> no I'm kidding no no it was the kit um, it was the kit let's blame the kit yeah it was definitely the kit <laughs> I can confirm that because the, um, the, prof the professor who ran that degree he actually was one of my honours supervisors so uh, I kind of made that bad of an impression if I made it to be honest. Yeah. On that note, Ben, do you remember going to those university open days and then if you go into like the science tents, they do like this little experiment where they extract the DNA of a strawberry? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I remember going and it like used to blow my mind because you can actually see after all the extraction is over, you can see these little floaty like bits of DNA in whatever that solution was that they put it in. And I think I had gotten one in like kept it for maybe three years after. Like it was wow. in the drawer. I was just so amazed. I was like, oh, my God, this is my very own strawberry DNA. <laughs> oh, my God, you got to keep it? <laughs> wow. Yeah, they, like everyone made one of their own and got to keep it. Uh, yeah, so did you kind of do similar things? Or um, yeah, we did fruits? like DNA extractions um, and other things. Sorry to break this to you, though, but like through the whole degree, though, you can actually never see the DNA. Really? So they, they probably tagged it with something that made it visible. <gasps> no. That's um, all right. I eventually cleaned my room and threw it out anyway. So. <laughs> Bye, strawberry. Yeah. Um, so in terms of like the flexibility of the classes, were you on and off campus a lot or, you know, were there days where you could schedule your classes that you could maybe have like one day off during the week? Uh, I wish. Um, my first year, I think I was required to be on campus four days a week. And that was because of some stubborn lab classes. You just can't move a lab class because mm. there's not enough 
classes. Yeah, I had the same trouble because having so many labs and different like lecturers all had different availabilities and there were different lab times. So somehow like I just had pretty much 80%, if not more, towards second and third year of my time on campus. And sometimes there were very large gaps between classes as well. Oh, yeah. I Did remember you have those. the same? Yep. I had some three and four hour breaks and later on they're okay, but early on they're a nightmare. Oh, God, yeah. Tell you what, though, if the weather was lovely, get a group of friends together and like have lunch in the sun and read a book or chat or do some study together or even go down to the local curtain hangout. Most of the curtain students, they go down to um, Waterford Plaza. Yeah. Did you ever used to? <laughs> I did a few times. Um, I can't say it was often during the day. It was probably at the end of the day, like a hangout. Maybe if I had one class left and it was like three o'clock in the afternoon and the next class was at six, we'd go get dinner at Waterford. But it was like a 15 to 20 minute walk and I just... It was a nice walk. Know. And you know when you're walking with someone, it's always less time than That's it true. seems. I remember at one point, it was actually a pretty unhealthy habit. Um, we had a good group of friends doing the same degree and when we could all sort of get together um, most of the weeks, we would go down to Waterford um, mm. and we would get, I remember this distinctly, we would go down to Jester's and we'd get Jester's chips and then right after we'd go to Hungry Jack's and get Hungry Jack's storms and we would do that like <laughs> multiple times a week. So it actually was not very healthy, but it was like a good wind down for the day, you know? <laughs> so Jester's chips, oh, so good. And so now, good. Now they have Maccas there as well. Oh my God. Like, yeah. The temptation just, it seems to be increasing more and more. Lucky we're not there much anymore. No, that's ever. it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you, do you, did you have a good group of friends or what was it like for, I know you said you were close to your geophysics pals. What about Moljan? Yeah, I feel like when we made it to second year, we kind of, we, we got to know everyone in our degree a bit better. Like you said, like the first year was interdisciplinary. So you kind of mix in with everyone doing it all different disciplines. And then you realize at the end of the year that you're not going to see them again because you're in different degrees. But in the second year onwards, you certainly get to know your uh, group of like going through the degree very quickly and you make friends. Um, I've certainly got a few that are stuck through and um, still friends with them. Oh, nice. Yeah. It's, so it's you good. would still catch up with them or are they like Facebook friends? Um, I'd still catch up with them, but we're all pretty busy now. Yeah. So, I mean, like, We'll talk to each other on Facebook Messenger or and catch up for like brunch or like lunch every now and again. Mm. But, but yeah, how about you? Um, yeah, so we had a good group of friends doing human bile together and then eventually um, like some would be a little bit ahead, some end up a little bit behind and then, you know, we would go on to do honours and they were still finishing up. So we kind of saw each other less and less, but definitely towards second and third year, towards the end, you start seeing, you know, the, the same people in every classes. So you got to know each other pretty well. But I'd say that, like, people still had, like, their cliques. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like, wait, is it cliques or is it cliques? Oh, <laughs> oh, I would I say clique. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, people still had, like, their own groups that yeah. they would hang out with that you would just say hi and bye to, but you wouldn't necessarily, like, see them after hours kind of thing. I understand that. Yeah. yeah. But, I, like, we're still friends on Facebook, Instagram, and, you know, I, I still love to see everyone doing really, really well and what they're up to. So it's a great community vibe at the end of the day as well. 100%. Like, coming from, like, Moljan, which is a research-based degree, we were all third year onwards, like, honours and then postgrad units. We we're all sort of based within 
305 at Curtin. And mm, we the research of, building? Yeah, yeah, we all be, sort of became part of that. It didn't really matter what, what stage you were up to. Everyone knew each other eventually. It's just... Yeah, yeah. it's a matter of time. Yeah, it's you think it's a big place, but if you're in the same area all the time, you just run into the same people all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm finding that as well here at the hospital. You just keep seeing kind of like the same faces and things like that, which is good. Yeah, definitely. Okay, Ben, so we talked a lot about our undergrads and what the classes were like and what our friends were like, but um, were you involved in anything outside of that studying? So any uni clubs or quiz nights, an exchange program? I feel like my uni life was pretty straightforward. I didn't take part in any uh, uni clubs or exchange programs, but in my geophysics uh, group, I guess that we had a, its own club. So, because we were based at the CSIRO building, we had this group called Kegs. I can't remember what it was called. Did it revolve around beer? It did a little bit. It was <laughs> it was on a Friday afternoon. There was hot dogs and there was beer. The, I think there was a keg at one point as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there was some events on a Saturday which also revolved around beer. There was like a pub crawl, but I never really went on a Saturday because, well, that's my time. You that's know? your time. That's my time. How dare you invite me out on a weekend? <laughs> 100%. I see enough of everyone Monday to Friday. I mean, you got to have those those boundaries. Um, but we'd have some quiz nights at the Curtin Tab and a few of the Varsity Bar. We went to a few of those, but then it weren't really um, Curtin University clubs as such. It was more just a socialising thing. Just like events and stuff put on? Yeah. Like student events? Yeah, yeah. You turn up, you can compete with other groups that turn up not necessarily students but you can turn up and mm. uh, compete for a voucher for the bar or for i don't know free jog of mm. your choice yeah how about you um i remember going to like open days um and orientation days those you know um days where the uni puts on all their different clubs and you go and join i remember just going to and signing up for certain clubs because i wanted freebies because they would hand out like little tote bags with stuff inside but you had to sign up before you could get it (laughs) so um i would just sign up to get like the tote bags and freebies but then nothing really happened in terms of like meeting other people from the club (laughs) or um or things like that. Um, I think I went to one quiz night. I think it was like a biomed science quiz night, which was pretty fun. They had like free pizza and stuff and different prizes. I think we came second. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I wish I did an exchange program. That's probably my one uni regret, uni life regret, not going somewhere on exchange to another uni. Looking back, is that something that you could have easily accommodated? Yeah, I don't know why it never happened because I think first year I was like, okay, I'm interested, but let me settle into this uni life. And then second year, third year, the workload just like became so heavy. I couldn't imagine going off to a different country for six months. I feel like that would really set me back. But yeah, looking back, definitely that was a big regret. Um, the one really good thing that I joined, I don't, it's not really a uni club, but it's called UniPass, um, which is where students um, kind of become peer learning facilitators and there's a lot of training and stuff behind the scenes, but essentially the units that offered UniPass would essentially be led by a student who was previously successful in that unit and they would sort of run sessions. So other students would come in and the PLF or the peer learning facilitator 
would run very collaborative, student-centred um, sessions with interactive games and discussions um, based on a session plan of what they were going to like learn that week, which was something that I was involved in for about two and a half years. Wow. And, yeah, there was a lot of training and then we moved to the online scene as well. We had Facebook groups for our UniPass groups, which went really well. And I think that was definitely the highlight of my uni life, being involved with UniPass. So they're an amazing, amazing team. And I still keep in touch, actually, with some of those UniPass facilitators, even though we were all kind of doing different units and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's really good. You know, you meet... So was it from people from other faculties? Yeah, so so many other um, facilitators from other units within the university and we would all be under the same sort of peer learning coordinator, which would be our boss, um, Amanda. And, um, yeah, we get a lot of training, personal development nights and, yeah, it was just such a great experience that I think really built up some of these skills no, that you kind of learn. Sounds yeah. like you got a lot out of the experience. Like Amazing. Two and a half years as if well. anyone goes to Curtin, go to a UniPass class, join their Facebook pages, and become a facilitator yourself. <laughs> Did you ever go to any UniPass sessions? I remember hearing about it, but I was just like, oh, no, nah, I'll, I'll pass. I, I just, I don't know. I at the time, you always think, no, I have, I have time, or I have something else to do, or I have work, mm. or I'm hungry. You know, yeah, it's always something. To be honest, I was kind of the same. I never want. I was never that student that wanted to stay on campus longer than I had to. Like I would yeah. just come for class if if I did go to class at all, and then I would leave. Um, so it's yeah. hard to think about ways to spend your time on campus when you didn't really want to be there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but I think towards second and third year. I hung around a lot longer because um, the workload was more intense, lots of group assignments, um, and it just became fun to just, like, hang out and do nothing. And Curtin would always put on, like, a, like music or arts and crafts. There was always something to do on campus. 100%. I remember there being, like, the food markets on Wednesdays, oh, and then yes. there was, like, cinema night, outside cinemas. There was one the... time there was a make-your-own-candle workshop. What? Yeah, I made, like, this jasmine-scented one. I think I still have it. It's amazing. Ooh. Yeah. So that's not my sort of thing, but that I can. Th- what? There's, Candles know. should be everyone's thing. No, <laughs> no. I appreciate um, the smell, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, so many cool things. Um, live music as well. So yeah. many cool um, singers come through, local, um, local bands, artists. I think we had a local, like, we had some live music at the tap sometimes as yeah, well. Yeah, and on like open days, I remember one time, I think it was an orientation day, I actually saw San Cisco um, and got to meet the band members as well. Oh, wow. Um, they are a local Fremantle band. They're amazing. Um, but anyway, um, what do you miss most about your undergrad? Is there anything that you miss about it? Well, listening to all those things, I kind of miss that. Like The nostalgia. Post- <laughs> yeah, like the postgrad, like I feel everything's more formal. You're, you've got more responsibilities. You're more, you've got more res- you got to take ownership of your project and handle and balance the time and everything that you got to do. And I feel like now we're not as surrounded by those extra things. We don't we don't see many um, of the candle workshops, the outside <laughs> cinemas. I mean, it's it's a whole different vibe. Yeah, definitely. I also miss like being able to study with friends. Like you're all kind of doing the same assignment, the same work, and you're like, "Hey, what did you get for this?" Exactly. Whereas here, it's like, "Oh, I'm kind of on my own doing this project." Um, and you can ask people for advice, but 
Like yeah. you can't copy their work. No, I'm <laughs> yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I think also with an undergrad, you go semester by semester. So you can yeah. kind of track your progress. Okay, what units have I done? How close am I to graduating? Mm-hmm. And with a postgrad, it just feels like one really long zigzaggy yeah. kind of road, right? It feels like you tick one box and then you realize, oh, I've got to do this one now and I've got to do this thing. And then you realize that before you know it, like five months has passed and yeah. you're, you're still on that same sort of umbrella goal. Yeah, I don't know why. Semesters just seem like they go by quicker. They do, they do. I guess now we can say that because we're looking back. Whereas, I mean, surely your PhD's gone quick. You're like third, three years in now. Yeah, it's gone a bit too quick, to be honest. Like the first, I I guess like the undergrad degree, your postgrad degree kind of goes, the workload increases as well. Like your first year is quite... I won't say chill, but you're still getting to know your project. You're learning how you're going to achieve and explore your aims and hypotheses. And by the time you get to your third year, that's where you really want to put the work in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess I'm, I'm at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, back to kind of the undergrad. So we kind of talked about things that we missed about it, but is there anything that you hated about your undergrad or disliked? Um, I don't know that I disliked anything. Um, I liked the, the structure, but then sometimes I hated it because there was other things I wanted to do. You know, you, you don't stop life just because you're studying. It's, yeah. I think I didn't know that well back then that I know it now. Like you can't just wait for things to stop and then, you know, life kind of goes on as you study. But I think the structure, like the deadlines and the pressure, the assignments, I think that's sort of, um, yeah, not the best thing, but that's kind of the whole point of uni, isn't it? I think the structure is a good thing. It's good to have structure and deadlines and know how on track you are, but it also piles on the pressure, which especially towards second year and third year just – just gets like a lot definitely i think as a postgrad student you can handle that a lot better you can say look no it's if you put in assignment terms you say you know what no i'm not going to sit this test for assignment next friday i'm going to put extra time and effort into this project or this assignment and i'll finish this off and then i'll push that due date back a week but it's I, a bit more flexible 100 percent. yeah and on that note in uni you do like four to five units at a time per semester for example whereas our postgrad it's like the same project, so it's not like you're being pulled in so many different directions. Definitely. Is there anything else you want to add about undergrad, or I think we could like segue on to postgrad now? I think we can move on to postgrad. Let's do it. So, Ben, we're both UWA PhD students, but we're not actually based on campus. Um, We're actually based at a um, research institute. So it's the Harry Perkins Institute of Medical Research. And there's actually two buildings, a north building and a south building. We're actually currently based in the south building, which is located at a major WA hospital. And um, this is where we spend most of our time. What's What's it been like for you being based not on campus and not necessarily surrounded by other students? It's been a bit quiet and very different to my undergraduate experience, which we've just talked about. Like, um, it's, we're one of very few groups down here at the moment. We're sort of, 
the Harry Perkins North um, building, as as everyone refers to it, is much is much more full. Everyone's based there. Way more students as well. Yeah, mm. and we're we're the kind of first group to really call South our home. So we're mm, still it's a bit more newer. Yeah, we're still recruiting people. Like Adela was a second one to come yeah, into the group. Yeah, we talk about this all the time. Like, what yeah. was it like for you in your first couple of years with, like, literally no other students in this lab? Like, it was just you and it, your supervisors. It was really quiet. I mean... You must have been so lonely. I don't think we even played music. I oh. think it might have been just, like, a few soundtracks, like, here and there, you know, what you think is, like, liked by your supervisor in yeah. terms of music. But even then, it's just... The lab itself was very empty because we were sort of still establishing the There's lab. There's no one in there. Yeah, and there was no, <laughs> there was like no equipment for us, like on oh. our side. So we were like, had to build it all up from the ground. That's crazy. So what was it like when like I started coming in, and now we had a we have a few more students as well. I mean, for me, having like you here mm-hmm. when I first started made all the difference because obviously you like held my hand and like eased me into the kind of program and even though I can talk to my supervisors I think being able to talk to a fellow student it's a lot more it's different so for you not having that Google was my friend (laughs) what form do I need to submit with my annual report yeah I know I was very lucky to have you so thanks thanks for that Ben that's okay Um, but you know we're here for you now yeah no it's actually it's good it's just changed and I don't know, it feels like back in my day saying has more relevance than ever. <laughs> okay, old man. <laughs> um, um, unless you actually miss the times where you were alone because now we probably, like, ask you for so many things. <laughs> hey, Ben, help me with this. <laughs> oh, I don't mind it. I mean, I was also based at Perkins North, so a lot of – some of my experiments, at least um, in the first two years, mm-hmm. I was at Perkins North a bit, so – I did see some people there. Oh, yeah. So you got to meet a couple of students and people up there? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Got, got the taste of the local roast up there. And Ooh. <laughs> yeah, they actually have a nice cafe as well up there. They do. They do. Um, I guess our listeners have heard a lot about our undergrad. In terms of a postgraduate, what can you say the structure is? More flexible. If, if yeah. nothing else, it's just more flexible. It's on you to make a plan to structure everything which is good you can have short fridays but then half day fridays yeah don't tell our supervisors (laughs) um i was just looking on my notes ben and i wrote a dot point saying that it was more relaxed and i don't know why i said that because it's definitely not more relaxed so even though you're working on this one really big project and you have no other kind of units and things to do it's Definitely. It's more flexible, but in terms of um, a workload, workload yeah. yeah, it's definitely like a different level, isn't it? Definitely. Like, I think as well, this might be taking a little sidestep, but when you're in undergrad, if you're sick of a subject, if you're sick of studying for something, you can change You can change unit, you can study for something else, and you can study for hours on end. But when you're doing a postgrad study, it's more than likely not the way it's going mm. to be. I mean, realistically, you're going to be... Um, trying to figure out well, a whole list of different problems that fall within your same project. Yeah, it's like, okay, should I work on this at my desk or should I go into the lab and do something or should I, you know, yeah. it's pretty much the same thing but That's in a it. different space. There's going to be like, yeah, one problem pulling your arm that way and yeah. then a leg that way. But but though, would you say that there are definitely less deadlines? Like it's, 
there is it's like a, we call them milestones right we yeah. don't really call them deadlines and due dates so they're called milestones so these are the main things that you have to reach on a certain timeline in your project to let your supervisors know yourself know and the university know that you're on the right track to finish on time yeah um but i think you said to me once that <laughs> milestones aren't exact <laughs> dates they're just like there to guide you right i think so um <laughs> <laughs> oh god. You can't quote me like that. No, it's it's very I think it's true. I mean, the milestones, I think they um there's Yeah, and um our milestones just for an example, like one of them is okay, obtain ethics, human ethics before you can start your project. Yeah. 6 months from the start of your project, you submit a research proposal. Yeah. Um there's also um annual progress reports. That's pretty much it for me. Yeah. Um, so you can see that a couple of the forms and reports, pretty straightforward, right? Yeah, definitely. Like you said, it's like your first year, you have a six months, we have a few six month milestones. And then after that, it's pretty much just annually. And Yeah. But on that note, because you don't have so many deadlines, it's up to you to really make sure you're on track and getting things done. Which can be a bit difficult. I mean, yeah. splitting up a task into what, 365 days mm. minus hopefully some time for holidays. Yeah, and we spoke about this last episode, but like who, you, you, can, you can plan things and have a timeline. And um, essentially I did that. So I handed in my research proposal with like this perfect color-coded timeline of exactly what I'm going to do. And then um, literally everyone went into lockdown because of COVID. So I was like, oh my God, this is going to take three to four months off of my oh, plan. No. Yeah. So like, honestly, you can plan, but you can't plan for things like a pandemic and other things that come up along the way. But it's no. good to sit down and think about your project and what you want to get done. No, definitely. So how would you see, so did that just sort of just push everything back? Were there things you could work on in, in the interim? Yeah, I think it definitely pushed things back because I was at the stage, as you know, where I was beginning my recruitment and because everyone went into lockdown and patients who um, were not regarded as um, in super serious kind of need were told to avoid places like hospitals and, you know, things like that. And even doctors were doing teleconferencing. They were seeing um, patients. Yeah, through, yeah, teleconferencing. I'm not sure exactly what they used, but so, you know, the hospital was really quiet during that time and there were all these precautions. No one knew what was going to happen. So essentially I couldn't recruit anyone until, you know, all of that died down, um, which thankfully it has, so I couldn't get back into it. Um, but yeah, it was looking grim for a while. I wasn't sure what was going to be happening. Um, was anything like that? Was your timeline affected a lot? It kind of was. Like I just finished off... Um my animal study and then I was supposed to be in the lab working and processing samples and well, I can't do that from home so <laughs> I was trying to do some writing like and there's only so much you can write without results mm. so it's it was a bit of a struggle it was definitely but you're back into it now aren't you yeah yeah trying to catch up make up for lost time yeah another thing that's completely different uh, in a postgrad to an undergrad is we get a fair bit more opportunity to present at conferences so even yes. if it's a poster presentation or an actual oral presentation and you know on that note we can travel you know if there wasn't a travel ban you had some money from the university to travel to a conference um interstate or overseas even definitely which um, is really cool yeah they, they did you go to any not so far in my phd i've done i've been to a few during my honors and um i guess at that time i was still classified as an undergrad student so i've been to a few conferences all local um I had my sights set on an international one this year. Oh, where was that too? It was in Canada. No, 
COVID robbed you I of know. that chance. It was, it was supposed to be in July. Oh. Um, I, I think it was canned altogether. It might have gone uh, over Zoom, but I was I just... wasn't I, the same. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. Um, another thing as well, in terms of um, post-grad, so we don't really have, like, lecturers and tutors per se. We have our supervisors and you can have do you have to have one or more than one can you have just one i'm not sure i think you can have just one but there's a lot of responsibility responsibility for one yeah Yeah. so i have two i don't know why i had to think about that i have two (laughs) and we kind of share a supervisor you and i yeah we do how many do you have i have like (laughs) it's gonna sound bad but i have like five okay not saying that i need it but it's just it depends on the, I guess, requirement of your PhD. So your supervisors are kind of like expert, experts in their field, right? So if you have um, a project that encompasses many different uh, types oh, like of studies. Expertise yeah. and um, different people are good at different things in their field, right? Definitely. So you try and get them to collaborate and work together to help progress your project basically so they kind of have an idea but Mm -hmm. ultimately it is on you but you need them to sort of get you off the ground get you moving so I have like five and they all have their own sort of um can I ask yes how (laughs) how many of those five do you regularly have contact with at the moment three okay that's pretty good three out of five one of them I haven't spoken to since before I started my PhD. Wow. Which wow. Is, so they're like your supervisor on paper, yeah. but they don't really interact with you. They no. don't care about your well-being. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> he probably does, but... Um, he does. No, he, he, <laughs> no, he does. He does. <laughs> he hasn't contacted you once in three years. Um, I think we've just... Drifted he, apart. <laughs> I think you, when you break down a project into its parts, you ha- you need different supervisors at different times. I think that's what it is. Okay. I'm, I'm sure I'll probably So his time's him. coming. Yeah, I think so. Sorry, I just assumed it was a he. No, it is a he. Okay, mm. yeah. So he'll, he'll, he'll help you with something later on. Definitely. Okay. I'm not disclosing any names. Yeah, <laughs> no, let's not. <laughs> no, that's good. So um, our supervisors are pretty chilled as well. So I think um, a lot of the time they... They say, or they've told us before, you know, if I don't see you at your desk or coming in, as long as I know you're on track and you're working, it doesn't matter. Like if I don't see you every day, as long as I know you're on track, which is super chill because some people are like, I want to see you physically in and at your desk between nine to five every weekday. I want to make sure that you're working. Yeah. Which is actually um, so inflexible in this day and age. Like I want to come in at like 10 and stay till six. I want to be able to have that choice. I find it counterproductive sometimes as well. Like I found especially in my first year when I was coming in by myself and sometimes my supervisors wouldn't be here or um, they'd be at the hospital. I'd be literally the only one in my office and I don't know how many days of that you can tolerate, but sometimes I found that my best days of writing, I was at Dome or I was at a cafe and mm. I was ordering a coffee and I was just sitting there and the cafe noise was just perfect background noise, you know? Yeah. It just, it's just enough to get the creative juices That's flowing. That's interesting. I mean, surely you order some wedges with that. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually a really good point. Mm, some days you come in and you're like, I would have been so much more productive at home kind of thing. 
Definitely. But at the same time, it depends on what we're doing. Like I can't exactly recruit patients from home, so I'm having to be here every day and you're doing work in the lab now. So, yeah. you know, we kind of... It we, changes. Yeah. But we, we like to leave early-ish. Yeah. I mean, we try to. We try to balance the work. So yeah. at least like you start strong, get through most of the day, then by the time lunch is done, you don't feel as mm. much pressure. Like, and we love our half-day Fridays, but um, <laughs> I think we've been here a lot longer on Fridays to record. Yeah. Have we been? Yep. Spending the time with you. <laughs> yeah, in, in the studio. <laughs> um, oh, I was going to say something, but I've forgotten. I was going to say, yeah, um, do you think if we moved to a four-day work week, would you be productive? I'd be productive. I'd probably have... I'm not going to like saying it, but I think I'd have longer days, but I think I'd be more productive. Like if I had a Monday to Thursday or mm. even a Tuesday to Friday, like if you, you know, because you, you can squeeze an extra day. Because mentally in your head, you know, you have one less day to mm-hmm. get things done. So that might give you that extra boost you need throughout the week to be extra productive. Definitely. definitely. But I feel like it could also be really counterproductive. You know why? Because some people fall into the trap of doing five days worth of work in four days and mm. that's not what we're going for we're going for a healthy work-life balance aren't we ben yeah 100 so who do we need to talk to to make this a thing like four day work weeks like everyone's struggling you know surely we can have that extra day for a weekend that'd be nice that would I be think, lovely i think we could get a lot of signatures on that petition yeah we might have to start it up hey yeah i worry about the stress though with that as well but i guess with any change comes adjustment Mm, but it's interesting because as we saw with the COVID situation, less people on the roads, less pollution, less traffic. If everyone mm. kind of had that one more day off, you know, we'd all be at home or we'd all be out stimulating more of the economy and, yeah, you know, right. having a healthy mental health, having better mental health. I don't know. Definitely. Anyway, now we're just rambling. So um, we'll go to a little break and then when we'll come back. We'll tell you what we liked and what we hated or what we hate present tense about our postgrad. So Adela, what do you like most about your postgrad degree? What do you what do you like most about the PhD experience? Um So far, I think we've touched on a lot of this already. So the flexibility of it, um, how you're very much in control of your project, which at times can also be a a thing that I hate, but how everything's kind of on you to make things happen. Um, I love that we have super chilled supervisors. Um, I like the workload for me, the combination of different things. So if I'm recruiting patients, I'm in the hospital there's also some lab work when I'm then, you know, storing and, and you processing know, samples. processing the samples, yeah. correct. Um, although we haven't analysed anything yet, but that'll be much later anyway. And also how, you know, I'm also doing work at my desk. Like I have a lot of different things to do, I guess, to keep yeah, busy. Yeah, admin stuff. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, I guess it's a lot of the same. I mean, it's you feel like you're kind of working for yourself. You're managing your time, you're managing projects, you're setting up what needs to be done um, for example, I, when I was at Perkins North, I had to uh, coordinate with a lot of other people to get things working. That was perhaps when time wasn't in my hands. It was following other people's schedules. But now it's definitely 
more flexible. I have, I have more control over where I am and what I'm doing, which is great. Um, awesome. I guess it kind of brings us to what do you hate about it or what do you Everything not else. enjoy? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think a lot of the pressure because I feel like there's so much riding on the recruitment, doing the experiments, that things will work out. And then you've got to write this massive thesis at the end, um, publications along the way. Like if you're publishing by a thesis by publication, you've got to worry about writing and publishing. And that has its own pressure as well. Definitely. So. Yeah, and I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I put a lot of pressure on myself. So even the simple things I get really stressed over and it's, yeah, it's a little bit hard to deal with. So a lot of the ups and downs and, um, yeah, there have been a fair few downs. Um, so that's hard to deal with. Like before my PhD, I feel like my mood was quite constant. Like I was generally happy like maybe 98% of the time. Yeah. But since starting my PhD, like I've definitely noticed a lot of um like down moods like yeah. really kind of um you just know it's emotionally stable because of stress <laughs> and everything going on there's like, so it's very yeah. multi multifactorial there's so many other things going on and it's hard to um maintain like it's hard to keep the same mindset I yeah, think. yeah oh my gosh yeah um i can yeah. definitely agree with you on that i mean it's not it sounds bad to say that it is like that but it, it's no one wants it to be like that. I mean, our supervisors, as the dealer said, it's quite uh, really chill. They're supportive. They want us to go through and be in like the best version of ourselves. Yeah. While still completing the project. And like they don't push us, push us. Like we, they know what we need to get done. We know what we need to get done. Okay, let's just do it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, we're definitely luckier than most. Um. Yeah. Apart from that, anything else? I kind of. Dislike the structure sometimes. This is going to go back to undergrad, but I, I miss having allocated breaks. Like, <laughs> I made the mistake. Yeah, we don't get breaks. Yeah, <laughs> what are you could, talking about? I mean, they, yeah. they treat us like employees in the way that I think we're entitled to four weeks off. But I don't know about you, but when I made my plan, I didn't put four weeks in there to have a break. I kind yeah. of was like, okay, this goal is done, which means I can move on to this and that. And um, I guess somewhere along the way, I was just like, uh, I'm feeling pretty tired. I feel like I should have a, a day mm. or a week. And it's perhaps probably the, it always happens at the worst time possible. You're yeah. in the middle of something big and you can't stop it. But Yeah, no, that's a really good point because when you're in undergrad, you always have, oh my gosh, yes, it's study week or yes, it's yeah. after exams, it's now semester break. Yeah. And you definitely know when you have those times off. Whereas now it's like, well, I'm recruiting patients. I can't exactly just disappear for like a week um, exactly. to take a break just because I need to. Um, our focus is on our project. And yeah. like in undergrad, we were taught that, you know, you focus on your units, you focus on your degree, you're focusing on what you're doing, your workload and everything. And you, the breaks just happened. Mm. In saying that, though, we do get a designated university shutdown. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like two weeks, though. <laughs> yeah, know. so that's always yeah. good. No, definitely. Okay, I think that pretty much sums it up. Yeah, I think so. Okay, Ben, so we've talked a lot about our undergraduate and our postgraduate experience. 
and um, what we liked and what we don't really like, um, I think we can sort of wrap up. So we're now going to transport ourselves backwards through time and space back to our very first days at university. So if you could give yourself some advice back then, knowing the things that you know now, what would you say to first year Ben? Don't be afraid to go against the grain and break away from everyone. Like if, if you have a, um, just have some confidence. Even if you have a question um, during question time or after class, if you have any doubt in your mind, go clear it. I mean, there's nothing wrong with having that. I mean, I'm sure if you're having those doubts, I'm sure other, you're not alone. Mm, good advice. Yeah. Um, I don't remember much of my first day. I think the first six months of mining I've kind of blocked out because that was just a lot of PTSD. But I think once I started Human Bile, I probably would have encouraged myself to um, do an exchange program for sure at some point in my undergrad and also just go to classes, like especially to first year me who was like, oh, I don't really want to go. I already know all these things because you know how basic everything is in first year. I would definitely tell myself to go because that's where you make friends. That's where you get comfortable. That's when you kind of, you know, motivate yourself to do better um, and you develop some good habits, which you then take with you into the rest of the degree. You get used to that university change as well, coming from high school. I mean, there's, you're treated much more like an adult. Yeah. I mean, not that you, it should be an easy change, adjustment, but it's one that you – it'll make your university life a lot easier. Mm. And I definitely tell myself earlier on to sit down, think about what it is that I exactly want to do, maybe think a little bit more about career options, which I think a lot of first years don't – tend to do you kind of just yeah I'm in university now um it's so different it's so new I'm doing this degree yeah but really sit and think about what you want out of life and my advice is especially to myself don't follow the money trail do what you're interested in what you're passionate in and believe that one day a door will open for you no that's good advice definitely don't just get into a degree get into that boat and just sail through think about it yeah, definitely. And definitely join that advice. club. Join that club. Meet those people. Go out on a Saturday and have a beer with those geophysics dudes. <laughs> Try everything. That's what uni is for. And that brings us to the end of today's episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. Next week, we talk about mental health and how important it is to have support and guidance during a postgrad, as well as ask ourselves what we might be doing if not a PhD. And our answers may surprise you. One last shout out to Teenex. Thank you for coming up with original beats for our brand new podcast. Don't forget to check them out on SoundCloud, Instagram, and Facebook at Teen Angst. Thanks for spending your time with us. We look forward to having you back next week. Bye. If you'd like to get involved, drop us your questions and your queries. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the show. And you can find us on our Instagram at So You Think You Can PhD. And there's a link to our email there as well. Thank you so much. See you next week.